I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Navi, we'll jump back in here in just a minute with uh, Fish Bites for us, but I got, I got an email the other day, a uh, press release from our friends at the National Ability Center, and I was anxious to be able to share experiences. Uh, or share the information with you on some experiences that I've had up at uh, Park City Resort in years past that have to do with our interaction with the National Ability Center. But there's some big news, some exciting news really coming for uh, those that love to ski and may have some challenges in being able to do that or maybe thought in their lives they were never going to be able to get back to uh, doing some skiing in their life. Tracy Meyer is the Chief Program and Education Officer at the uh, NAC up there in Park City. Tracy, first of all, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. These are exciting times uh, for the National Ability Center. We've done our best anyway through the years to try and educate people on all the great work that you do in many different areas, but helping people that have uh, some uh, needs in their life, some physical needs in their life, and maybe were injured either through military experiences or through an accident or something and may have been avid skiers or mountain bikers before, you actually give them uh, that back in their lives, which uh, I, I don't know how you put a price tag on anything like that. It's really quite emotional. It is. It is priceless. That's a good thing. And, and thank you for helping to share our mission. You know, we truly feel here is one in four Americans having a disability and the only demographic we could all join. The National Ability Center is a place for everyone and a place for people to truly live their best lives. Well, there's a new place uh, that is associated with the National (laughs) Ability Center that's got you smiling, and I'm sure a lot of people, as we look forward to another ski season uh, here in Utah, uh, that's coming. And so I'm going to let you tell everybody about this uh, fantastic news. Thank you. Yes, I am smiling. We are so excited and grateful to announce that we are opening up our new McGrath Mountain Center at the base of Park City Mountain. So for those of you who know us and those that don't, we have been running a huge program out of a double-wide trailer. And uh, that trailer has served us so well over the years, but it was time for an upgrade. And, man, do we get an upgrade. Uh, We are moving into a just under 10,000-square-foot building, uh, thanks to our amazing donor, Lori McGrath and uh, the generous support and donation of Vail Resorts and Park City Mountain right at the base of the resort, fully accessible, our own running water and bathrooms, space for our families to connect, uh, and a location for all of our equipment. It is 
just the most beautiful place to be able to serve so many amazing people. I'm sure a lot of people, most anybody that has Skeet Park City probably saw those double wides and didn't know what was actually going on there uh, for a lot of years. It's not lost on me that this has really been a seven-year planning process for you, which happened in uh, the changeover of ownership at Park City. I would imagine that there was... I don't know what the word is, but maybe you were a little worried about uh, how this might go forward with new ownership, but it has proven not to be a hitch. That's right. You know, I sure I think in the adaptive world where we're built on grit and determination and uh, and and when people understand the true impact and the need. Uh, everyone is on board and we have felt that support and, and the resort and the community has been just amazingly uh, aware of this need and uh, and are really excited to celebrate it with us. Yeah, Vail Resorts is really uh, taken to the community and, and uh, so happy that uh, this McGrath Mountain Center is going to be one of the crowning jewels there. I'm sure there are people that you want to thank as far as partnerships go beyond Vail Resorts through that seven years. Of course. I mean, we've worked with uh, Big D to help to construct and a lot of other donors, which is a huge list, which I would invite everyone to attend our, our open house on October 7th to be able to recognize all of those donors who have helped. But it is countless amount of community members. Uh, and that sort of thing that have truly made this happen. City planning, all of those things that everyone has jumped on board. I'm going to be on the road that weekend or I'd be up there to uh, see it all. How do you think this is going to impact this program in general going forward? One, I think for our community, you're going to see adaptive programming and people with disabilities as soon as you pull up at the mountain. And one thing I think that is important is it's going to represent inclusion, which is what we feel our community and world needs to to really live in the best place, it is going to allow for us to continue to serve high-quality programming, and our ultimate goal is to serve as many people as possible that need our program. I'll tell you, in my days of skiing, I'm always uh, inspired, I guess is the word, when I uh, get up on the mountain and I'm struggling to get around moguls and things, and you see somebody coming down in the bucket, <laughs> and they're just sure. they're living it up on the mountain. I mean, it, it, it really uh, is inspiring to even uh, those that aren't a part of the program. That's right. Every, everyone has the right to recreation and the benefits of that, and I think when we see that and we see we're all skiing on the same hill, whether you're standing up, sitting down, doing it on one leg or, or you know, that sort of thing. Uh, when we're all together, we're stronger. And it doesn't happen without volunteerism, not just the donors that come in on the backside, uh, financial uh, help, but uh, the volunteer time that it takes to make sure these things happen on a regular and daily basis. You are correct. The, our organization is founded on volunteers uh, supporting our program. And, you know, we really say we, we can't do what we do without the people. Our staff, our volunteers, our interns, uh, and those community members are truly what make it possible. Is your hope that this will be able to expand the program as well, uh, that more people now will be uh, willing to give it a try that maybe thought this was something they'd never do in their life? You know, along with the Ski and Snowboard and our other you know 20-plus programs that we run, yes, our goal is always to serve as many people as we possibly can in life-changing programs. I would invite anybody. First of all, you mentioned the open house is going to take place on October 7th from 2 to 4 up there at uh, Park City. But I would encourage anybody to actually come up and see what the NAC is all about in general, not just during the ski season, but all of the other th- things that you do 
with all kinds of needs in people's lives that include getting kids with sensory challenges. We all have challenges, but yes, about 30% of who we serve fall um, with those individuals who fall in that neurodiversity or those on the autism spectrum. Uh, And then 30% are those that have served our country and then everything in between. So our summer camps, biking, climbing, you know, out on our 26-acre ranch, uh, you know, the opportunities are are pretty amazing. So we truly do have something for everyone. I always want to make sure I choose my words carefully, uh, but uh, I I get kind of emotional when we start talking about it. It's one of the reasons why on this program we've done our best to try and send and share the information that comes our way. People can find out more about the National Ability Center by going to Discover nac.org but tracy congratulations on the mcgrath mountain center it's been a long time coming yes thank you so much and yes please come out and visit us that uh, is going to wrap up this segment we're going to take a break when we come back we'll do a little fishing matter of fact we're going to talk uh, more fishing after the top of the hour not, not in good ways either we've had a lot of poaching incidences with over 100 illegally Uh, taken fish in the state just in the last 30 days. We're going to be checking in with the Division of Wildlife Resources about that, but uh, Navi's standing by, so we'll get back with some uh, fishing information with you next and an inspiring video that I shared on our Facebook page of a father-son experience you're going to want to hear, and then you're going to want to go watch it. Just find us on Facebook at uh, KSL Outdoors Radio. Back in a minute. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, let me tell you a story about a little fella. Black and blue with a hand of yellow. The blue gill boogie. Yeah, the blue gill boogie. When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone, try the blue gill boogie. You can't go wrong. All right, Navi, time for some fish bites, but indulge me for just a minute here as we get started because I posted this video uh, which CBS News actually sent out. You talk about uh, catching the fish. A six-year-old son caught his biggest fish ever during a father and son fishing trip. And the, I wish you could, I could show the video on uh, the radio, but we can at least listen to the audio here. It's quite a moment. Stay on him, son. Come on. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me tighten this up. Try oh, gosh, that's a good one. Tighten the come drag. On, come on. Stay on him. He's Stay a tiny him, guy, son. and he's struggling. Stay on him. Come on. <laughs> so, come on. Dad's, Dad's got on, the net. Come on, come on, crack back. Don't let him pull you in. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Real. real Dad's real, lifting real, the real, rod. Son, that's a big one. Come on. Stay on him. Don't let him jump. Don't let him jump. Come on, son. You can hear the boy in the back. Yeah! Let's freaking go, boy! Let's go! Come on, boy! Yeah! Let's go, kid! <laughs> He's patting him on the head. Buddy. Look at that. Let's get him in the middle of the floor. Oh, my gosh. This is a bass. I don't know how much it weighs, but it's almost as big as the six-year-old is. Let's go, baby. 
Oh, give me five. Oh, you can just oh. feel it. Uh, and, boy, this is a great time of the year, uh, Navi, to get pe- people out, young people out, and have a good chance of catching some fish. You know, it, I don't know any kid that doesn't love that. And then to feel his dad's passion at the same time, it was a together thing. I mean, I could well up right now talking about that stuff, but having your kids catching a monster fish is the thrill. It, it, it doesn't get better, you know, the connection between your kids and outdoors is just so powerful and people who aren't taking their kids to the outdoors and allow them to be on the screen it's just awful they need to get out there and they need to feel like dad's got their back and and you can do this and look at this we did this together wait till mom sees the photos it's so wonderful yeah. i just can't tell people enough to you got to get your kids into the wilderness. You got to get into nature. This is where the real joy happens. And that's a that's a lifestyle your boys are both going to carry through their lives and share with their offspring as well. Uh, and you are still sharing those memories, which is fantastic. All right, what are we talking about? Is it the change of the seasons upon right. us? Right. Yeah, that's exactly where we are. Everybody's asking me. You know, I um, I'm up on the, the Weber River, and uh, it's not ready. Everybody asks me if it's ready. Because fall becomes, the, you know, the better time to fish. Um, it's still high. It's still off color. There are hoppers. I can't believe it. This late into September. But the water isn't down and the temperatures aren't right. So I think that's consistent with our rivers that fill into the washouts front. But that's not what's happening when it comes to the lakes. The lakes are starting to really turn in our favor. And the reason why is because the nights are longer and the mornings are cooler. And what's that doing is is creating thermoclines in the lake. So if you got the hankering to go fishing, get out there. My advice is a lake. And then what you're looking for is distance from the shore because the more shallow the water is, the more higher the temperature. So the sun goes down and reflects off the bottom, and it, it makes it warmer. In about a month, those fish are all going to congregate to where the warmest water are, which is along shore. They're not there now, but they're very close, and they're getting anxious. The cool weather is really helping them out. So fishing should be good, and what you're going to do is either find a way to get out in the water and cast towards shore or be able to huck it from shore. But they're going to be at about 20 feet, 18 to 25 where they are, depending on where you're going. And my advice is to get high still. And and what I mean by that is 5,000 feet or higher. We have a lot of lakes in that range, 5 to 7 that's where you should be fishing because those are ready now. When I talked about it a month down lower here, it's there now. So fishing should be really, really good. There's no lake in the U.N. that has any ice on it yet, but that's not going to be the case in a month. So I would get up there now, get to the high areas. You can fish right from shore. If, if you've got kids, uh, keep it submerged and bring it in slow. So, you know, a little bubble with, a, with some water in it. And then have those reel, those little Zebcos nice and slow. And the fish are going to be coming towards the shore and back into the cold, towards the shore, back into the cold. So that's the cusp of where you need to be if you're fishing from shore, just where it's still deep. Um, but yet they're kind of close to the shore. So it's a great time to go. Like I said, the leaves are beautiful right now. Fishing is only going to get better over the next few weeks, but it's already started, particularly at altitude. Yeah, and as the uh, water temperature changes, one of the old sayings about, uh, you know, ice being a great equalizer for people that couldn't afford a boat, same is true, uh, that uh, as we get closer and closer to winter, 
you're not going to need that boat to get out to where the fish are. So that's uh, always great news. All right, stand by. We're going to take a break. We've got a news update at the top of the hour. And on the other side, Chad Betridge, the uh, law enforcement captain for the Division of Wildlife Resources. It's been a crazy number of poaching incidents. is 173 in a month. A lot of those have been fish, too. We'll talk to Chad about it coming up next. Hour number two, just ahead. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it I will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast The Letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.